0: Hello and welcome to the Radical Imperfectionist podcast, a show where together we work to embrace who we are, to grow into our own allies, and to become a source of empowerment for ourselves and those around us. my beautiful friends. I know it's been such a long time and as I'm recording this, I have my computer, I'm in the car, I want peace and quiet and silence and no interruptions and I'm barefoot. Anyway, you can picture it, it's kind of hilarious, but um, as you may have noticed, my podcasting schedule lately has been a little bit more closer to bi-weekly as opposed to weekly and that's not an accident. Um, The winter has been lovely. It's been a great time for me of growth and shedding old beliefs and approving upon my habits. It's been a time of deep reflection and rest and Rejuvenation which I think is so critical and really hard to do in our society It's really easy to criticize ourselves when we have needs that we need to met, that go, meet, that go sort of against the grain of how our society works on this, this rat race, this more, more, this sort of, I think, looking at our lives and as being busy as this sort of trophy. And, um, you know, as many of you know, I also homeschool. I have two incredibly fast-paced, energetic, emotional, inspiring, faster-than-normal boys, Uh, They have more energy and ideas than I ever thought was possible, and my life is incredibly full right now. And yet I want what my friend coins as the spacious life. I don't want to be hurried. And although I will often say it's been a busy week, in that I don't usually mean that there's been too much, you know, that I've always intentionally put on my plate, but that there's been a lot of life I'm I'm living in my everyday world and it's been amazing. But um, we got to go to the mountains the week before last, and then my birthday came and went, and then this past week was a deep struggle for me. As you learn and when you do thought work, one layer is peeled back and another layer reveals itself, and the more I become willing to face these skeletons (laughs) that sort of unravel, and my demons, standing up to that inner critic and feeling the emotions that are there, The more I am completely humbled and yet changed and challenged by continuing this work of growth for my own internal and external freedom. And because of my own personality and struggles, the struggles I've had in my habits and how I've lived my life for over 30 years and managed these emotions, or rather ran from (laughs) my emotions, From time to time, I can still feel really knocked down by thought patterns from my old habits, and they still creep in sometimes when I'm feeling weak and vulnerable, especially with the hormonal shifts as a woman in in our monthly cycles. It can be really hard, and my attempt with this podcast is never to show you that Um, or what it would be like to kind of have it all together, because, well, frankly, I don't have it all together, but also because that's just not even possible. Having it all together is not a goal here. The goal is being okay with not having it all together and learning the skills to not be afraid to struggle, to not be afraid to face what we have feared facing for our entire lives, or when we do have experience Um, An experience of fear to feel it and even allow it to sort of guide us toward what we want and what we would previously run from things that would provide for us great growth but what we've been just terrified to take on understanding that when our motivation comes from freedom and not from fear then we're able to embrace our perfect lives not as struggle-free but as beautiful amidst the struggle because it's about learning and growing and loving and not about perfection. So long story short, this past week for me was somewhat brutal. There were a lot of decisions kind of happening or or things and thoughts and what I was making circumstances mean for me, there were a lot of circumstances. And one thing I'm committed to in this, this new life of mine, pursuing freedom and love is Owning my struggle and responding with love and acceptance the best I can, but also being transparent for you. I tell my husband when I'm struggling now, finally, instead of serving social media more or retracting, instead of uh, connecting more directly with those in my life that help me to see the truth and um, work back into the life that I love so much. So I'm working on changing those, and it's been amazing. Because the struggle comes that is life disarming those lies that are still there has has given me so much more peace and freedom even when things are really hard so I'm not here to show you again what it's like to have finally made it from struggling perfectionist to perfection but again to show you what it's like to opt out of perfectionism altogether and instead subscribe to a life of presence and messy beauty being real and feeling the feelings and thinking the thoughts and living an awesome, imperfect life on purpose. Because that's where the awesome exists. That's where it's at. That's my jam. Okay, so today I want to talk about questions. So let's get into it. In the last episode, I discussed how complaints are often masking a desire, essentially, and I talked about how important it is to find the desire that is below that complaint. To get there, we need to ask questions. I also mentioned something called affirmations, and this week I want to get more into powerful questions and affirmations. And that's not affirmations, just let me clarify for those of you that didn't hear me speak last week. Affirmations are quite different from affirmations, which we will discuss. Several years ago, I read a book called A More Beautiful Question by Warren Berger and I read that in inspiration for my homeschooling journey. The gist of this book is the idea that in order to grow at all, we must ask questions, but powerful questions. The truth is that our human minds are always asking questions. But we are doing this without intention behind our questions, as it is the narrative running on autopilot that is often the one asking those questions. And if your autopilot narrator is your inner critic, then these questions are very disempowering. This is the problem. You see, the process of thought is essentially the brain asking questions and then seeking to answer those very questions. That is the process broken down, as Noah St. John talks about um, when he discusses affirmations as he coined this in the late 80s. And it's pretty simple and profound if you, oh it's, I think it was the late 90s. <laughs> and it's pr- pretty um, profound if you really think about it that way. As I also talked about, many people try to do affirmations and they don't understand why not only do they often not work, but sometimes, or oftentimes, you end up feeling worse than before you said them. Why is this? Well, again, as I've said before, the brain is constantly asking and answering questions. And when you put words to a thought that your brain doesn't believe without any questioning and without dissecting the concept itself, leading your brain to agree with this said conclusion, then all you're doing according to your brain is lying to yourself. And whether it's a true thought or not, or a helpful one or not, if you don't believe it, it will not only be tossed out, but often will be used as a measure or tool by your brain to further make you feel like crap, essentially. If you say, I am so patient, as an affirmation, and your brain doesn't believe that, it will not only disagree with this thought, but will say, yeah, right, remember yesterday when you yelled at Desi for dropping his plate? Or whatever, and you immediately not only feel terrible, but worse than you felt before. This is because affirmations do not essentially work with human psychology, or the way your brain actually works. If you're saying affirmations, however, that you already have evidence for in your brain as this being truth and you believe it and you remember that truth and you remember those reasons and you want to remember it, then this rejection and shaming process doesn't happen. But more often, this needs to be a neutral thought, especially when you have core beliefs you don't yet know all about, which are under the surface and more powerful than what you might have really read about. Before we're even able to understand the fact that we have parts of our brain and thinking that are conscious and parts of our thinking that are automatic and unconscious in our thinking, our brain is asking questions and answering those questions on its own, making meaning of the world all around us and forming essentially a blueprint for the way we think of ourselves and the world around us and ourselves as we relate to and fit into that great big world. Because of the way our brains work, more important than answers to questions are the questions themselves. In the book, A More Beautiful Question, Warren talks about how it is the more powerful questions that inspire all of the great change and innovation in the world. And when people are able to transform their thinking, understanding their brains by always asking questions that assume great things, sort of from a place of curiosity and ambition, growth, solutions, freedom, then those people change the world. This is true for business as well as in our personal lives and in my opinion it is much harder to ask these questions, or so I've found, when it comes to our inner worlds because this is where our fear is held in such high regard by our unconscious minds. Our unconscious minds are concerned with keeping us alive and safe, and tough feelings are considered unsafe, and thus our brains try to avoid situations that will cause us any emotional struggle whatsoever. The more we face uncertainty and perhaps trauma and insecure situations growing up, which most of us had some of those growing up, even with dominantly ideal home circumstances, the more our brain created beliefs Beliefs which still govern our thinking and thus our emotions and decisions and how our lives play out. We want to numb our emotions. To run from them by buffering them or hiding from them. We don't want to feel them because they don't seem safe. We're afraid of how we will feel that fear of feelings governs most of our actions in life until we become aware of this idea and or taste the beauty of being motivated instead by freedom. When freedom, passion, love and purpose fuel our thoughts and actions and not fear, we experience an entirely new world and our lives are transformed. This is what happens when people go through incredible life change, each time in mild adult life, when I faced a huge challenge emotionally and came through it, I was so deeply empowered. I still had struggles and still had fears, but a taste of the freedom and personal power I felt in owning my life and changing it for the better was far superior to any feeling of false security ever attained by following my fears. I have joked or did joke for a long time about the fact that if anybody from high school that I had known knew now that I not only went into college or went on to go to college but graduated with honors, studied to be a nursing assistant, got my broker's license, or did any of the things that I did following with success, they would drop dead from surprise. And I now realize that, though it's not because I was dumb, but because my actions painted a picture for others that I was a hopeless misfit who was angry at the world. That's how I felt. That's how I acted. But when I began college and I finally didn't feel stupid and I finally enjoyed school and had the freedom to just essentially study whatever I wanted, I was fueled little by little with more freedom and a taste of a bigger life. All of this is not to brag at all. There are people that went to much more prestigious colleges or other places of education than I did, or those that went to no college at all that are smarter than I am. And I'm not slamming myself either way. I'm a bright girl, but more than that, I'm resilient. I'm strong and I'm committed to growth. And those beliefs keep me going. And those beliefs happened one thought at a time that was empowered in my life. I have always been so committed to growth ever since that first taste of my capabilities. And I I don't mean natural ability. <laughs> I have strengths as everyone does, but I also have a lot of weaknesses that I've worked to overcome or, or use and um, kind of turn around if that makes sense and continue to work on. So none of this is to brag or to slam myself or even a pep talk really to amp you up on my story, but simply playing into this very idea, because if you don't believe something, you will not believe it. If you don't believe it, just saying different words, that doesn't help you. But how you do change beliefs, then if you want to believe things that fuel your life toward freedom right now in your life, when your life is governed by fear, this is how, it is asking, better questions again you're already asking questions and when you get curious you have to get real you have to get humble and you have to be open to discomfort when you accept that this emotional pain we are all so afraid of this pain that keeps us afraid well it's not going to kill us When we realize that, it's feeling the feelings and being willing to push through feeling those feelings that we realize not only how strong we are, but that the discomfort, because it's more like discomfort than pain, really, especially as you do more and more of this thought work. This discomfort is not unbearable. If you're willing to ask better questions and feel uncomfortable and accept that, then your brain will answer the better questions just as it's constantly answering the terrible questions you're asking it and the answers will fuel you through any potential discomfort to the actions you need to take think about the questions you ask yourself right now on a regular basis think about the thoughts that run through your head in form of question what question from the inner critic critic um what questions are probing you constantly I know I hear, why can't you be patient? Why are you so incapable? Or it's really in in an I statement. Why am I so impatient? Why am I so incapable of focusing on one thing at a time? Why can't I keep the house clean? Why am I always so forgetful? Guess what? The brain answers those questions for me all day long. And it does that for you as well. That's why when you're struggling, it can feel impossible to get out of. It's a spiral because your brain enforces the truth you provide in these questions, even if it's a lie, (coughs) as an affirmation. By finding evidence to support that, and this solidifies your beliefs in yourself, in your life, in your capabilities, and in the world and your place and value within that world. So ask questions that don't defeat you. Practicing better thoughts is about working on actively thinking thoughts that will actually get results in your life that you want. But that involves noticing your thoughts, listening to them, feeling the feelings that result without resistance and judgment or numbing and running in fear. That involves then dissecting the thought causing those emotions to see how it's not true and finding a true thought that's helpful for you, that you can actually believe. When instead of doing this kind of thought work, you simply try to replace deeply rooted beliefs and thoughts stemming from these beliefs with thoughts that would feel good ideally if you believe them, but you don't freaking believe them, then that is where you are feeling defeated. That is where you're getting stuck. And that is where the powerful questioning comes in. So Noah St. John coined affirmations, and he says the point of affirmations is not to try and trick your mind, but to use it properly. Instead of saying a thought you want to believe that you don't, ask your brain why that thought is true. And see your brain help you to bridge the gap in how you currently see your life and how you hope to see your life. I've talked about perception time and time again because everything we think is simply an interpretation of circumstances and what we make them mean for us. Again, this is our brain answering a question on autopilot, which results in a belief. But if instead you want to see your life as empowered and beautiful, you need to ask questions which inspire your brain to prove that to be true for yourself. This is not because it's not true, but because it's a matter of perception and is all relative. So to rewire the way your brain sees something, propose to your brain a question that it can't deny answering. For example, if you feel ugly, fat, and unworthy of love, then first of all, you're not alone. The way our culture paints an incredibly impossible, ever-changing, superficial standard of beauty And where our value comes from makes it incredibly difficult not to have those internal beliefs because, well, they're in our subconscious mind from a life lived in this world. This is not your fault, and it is also not to blame. We are all constantly learning, and we can only change the world by changing ourselves and healing and spreading love. I digress. So anyway, if this is a thought you want to change, obviously... Do the thought work on this and get incredibly specific about your current beliefs. Do brain dumps, rewrite your story, dissect your thoughts. But then in regards to asking questions like I'm talking about here, to making these affirmations that so many talk about, authored by Noah St. John, you can turn around what you want to believe about yourself into a powerful question as scaffolding to build beliefs that nurture your growth. For example, instead of, I am beautiful in my body as it is and worthy of love, I would say, why am I beautiful in my current body exactly how it is? Why have I always been worthy of love? This challenges the focus of your mind, opens the perception to changes and possibility and curiosity. When you state this question, you give yourself over to the question itself and you allow it to sink into your mind. You might meditate on it. You write it on the mirror, on a slip of paper in your wallet, or maybe you record it on voice memo and listen to it every day. You put a sticker on your desk, a color that prompts you to remember to ask this question regularly. Then you take a step into the truth of this question. Perhaps this means uh, I thank my body every day for the life that it allows me to lead. I thank the parts that I used to compare for being uniquely mine. Maybe I read an empowering book or treat myself to something that doesn't even have to cost money but that I had a hard time treating myself to before. Time alone maybe, time reading, a nap, being unproductive perhaps, or it can be something that costs money like getting a haircut or a massage or going out with friends for tea. The thing with these affirmations is that the questions that create affirmations are truth which don't require a different person. Let that sink in. Remember, you are not what you do, what you think, or the emotions you feel. You are the experiencer of this life through what you think, feel, and how you act. That is the way you experience life. It is not you. So these thoughts are true or are a choice to be true for you. They just require tweaks in the way you experience life, your thoughts, emotions, and actions. So when your brain believes it is true for you, then it will shift your emotions and your actions will be dramatically easier to fall in line and enforce it. But you must continue to ask this question. And the more you practice the question, the more it will push out the limiting beliefs and lies you have believed, which have been keeping you feeling like total crap, and your brain will keep providing evidence to prove this empowering truth to be true for you. Success happens because of compounded action from better thoughts, which result from better questions. You are here because you asked a question. You struggle and grow because you ask questions. All you love in life you have because you asked a good question. You are already capable of this sunshine. You ask questions all the time, and even though they are often empowering or disempowering, the moment you are aware of it is the moment you gain back your power. Now you have something you can do about it now. Imagine if you asked yourself powerful questions intentionally every single day. It is human psychology, not wizarding. I'm not Harry Potter and this work has been so powerful for me. I really hope this week you are noticing the questions that run on autopilot. I hope you are able to see them as natural and normal and choose to turn them into powerful questions instead that fuel you to embrace who you are. You've got this my friend. Share this episode with anybody that needs to hear this message and message me on Instagram or on my website, theradicalimperfectionist.com. I love to hear from my tribe. You always inspire me and I learn from every one of you. Just so you know, I am working on a workbook, which will help to keep you um, from worrying so much about other people's opinions and really step more into your life and your power with freedom and peace. I will keep you posted if you're on my email list, so you can get there by going to the radicalimperfectionist.com and signing up for emails, or you can text the word imperfect to the number 22828. Again, text the word imperfect to the number two two eight two eight, and then I'll send you a free rewrite your story worksheet that everybody loves. I hope you have an amazing week, my friends, and enjoy this work. Until next time, this is Holly Ann Casper, the radical imperfectionist. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you'd like to stay current on whatever is posted, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can also head over to the radicalImperfectionist.com for other resources. Have a wonderful day.